This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, September 1st, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. The combat operations phase of the war in Iraq is over, according to President Obama. But the Iraq surge strategy, which candidate Obama opposed, was only mentioned as it related to a similar strategy in Afghanistan. Chris Preble, Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute, comments. The president talked about both wars yes, in his address, and he seemed to seamlessly move from the surge strategy in Iraq to his call-up of more troops into Afghanistan, right? ostensibly with the same goal, that is creating space for Afghans to get their stuff together and yes. govern effectively. <clears throat> yes. What's wrong with that? First of all, the president has been knocked by many detractors recently over his opposition to the surge in Iraq. And I think this this is unfair, but mainly because I think that you have to start the clock or you, you start looking and talking about the Iraq war, not in 2007, but in 2002 and 2003, when the decision was made to go to war in the first place. Um, you know, I think Barack Obama still deserves credit for understanding and speaking out at a time when most others didn't that the war was a bad idea. And I think that ultimately history has vindicated his judgment from 2002 and 2003. So that's why I understand why people want to talk about the surge, but I also understand why those of us who also oppose the war shouldn't let them, basically. But with respect to the surge itself, the surge in Iraq was supposed to create a space for political reconciliation, which has not occurred, full stop. It hasn't occurred, unfortunately. Uh, the government, you know, we've, we can talk about the fact there was an election nearly six months ago and there still is no government. It's a parliamentary system you need, and there is no uh, majority, so you have to form a coalition. <clears throat> so I think it's worth questioning the argument, the narrative that the surge was an unqualified success and therefore that anyone who questioned it back in 2007 must be a strategic uh, ingenue. Even if the surge had succeeded as it were supposed to have succeeded in Iraq, the conditions in Afghanistan are so very different that I don't think it was ever an appropriate response. The number one reason is because of the degree of urbanization in Iraq relative to Afghanistan. We know that the surge in Iraq really was a surge in just one place in Baghdad. Most of the, uh, there had been some gains in security in the Western provinces in Anbar, but that predated the surge. Okay, this is the Anbar awakening, the Sunni tribes rising up against Al-Qaeda before the introduction of uh, the additional troops that President Bush announced in January 2007. So we were able to focus in a place like Baghdad, which is roughly 25% of Iraq's population, one city, uh, and uh, focus on separating the warring parties and literally throwing up walls between them uh, and stopping the ethnic cleansing, which is going on. There is no comparable city or set of cities in Afghanistan. Um, the, the statistics are essentially that about... of Afghanistan uh, does not live in the top 10 cities in Afghanistan. So it's kind of, of, I I believe that's correct. So if you kind of think through what that means, we're talking about an extremely 
uh, diffuse population that is in many, many small, small villages. So if you were to implement a surge along the same lines as what was implemented in Iraq, how many troops would you actually need to ensure uh, that these, uh, these different peoples were not fighting with one another? You would need a huge force, far, far larger than even President Obama uh, uh, announced last year. For the sake of argument, let's say that the surge in Iraq was effective. Right that political reconciliation did occur, right? that doesn't change the gamble <laughs> in actually doing so. And the lesson here, if, if the surge had worked fully, right. that is all the things we thought were going to happen after we ran a military strategy effectively were happened, mm -hmm. the lesson, at least from President Obama here, seems to be, oh, that gamble worked, take another gamble. Right, right. Not this was a, this was a gamble and it then it maybe it paid off. Right. Um I, I think you're right that there is a <clears throat> a bit of a disconnect between the president's earlier skepticism about Iraq in the earliest stages, his skepticism about the surge in 2007 and now his apparent faith in a comparable strategy in Afghanistan. It's kind of curious. Part of it can be explained by the fact that Barack Obama always set up Afghanistan as the good war and Iraq as the bad war, or the dumb war, as he said. Um, and so it is easier for him intellectually to invest more resources in Afghanistan. And frankly, the strategy doesn't matter so much. Uh, it, he was always going to invest more resources in Afghanistan relative to what he was willing to put into Iraq. But that still doesn't vindicate the strategy. It still doesn't answer the questions about the, the kind of fundamental inconsistencies in a strategy that is supposed to be standing up a functioning government, a nation state in Afghanistan around a government that is not uh, popular or widely respected. Uh, and, and therefore, what's the alternative? What's the alternative if you don't have a credible local partner? I don't get a good answer to that. I ask that question all the time of the advocates of counterinsurgency and nation building and with respect to Afghanistan, I don't I don't get any good answer to that. If I had a chance to ask President Obama directly, I would. Christopher Coyne in his book After War talks a lot about this issue of credible commitment. Uh, what is the US's credible commitment to leave at the end of next year? How credible is that commitment? In in Iraq I believe that the commitment is quite credible. Uh, ultimately, it just ultimately it's a question of faith, right? The president of the United States says that he intends to get out. The Iraqi government says they want us out and that they intend to hold us to our agreement. Um, seems to me that you have, you know, if you were a betting person, that you would bet that we would get out. Now, at the same time, there are people calling for us to renegotiate the agreement that President Bush negotiated with Prime Minister Maliki. You also have um, some in Iraq saying we should renegotiate because they're not comfortable with the concept, with the notion of the Iraqi government being responsible for its sovereignty. But I've always argued, and I wrote about this many, many years ago, long before the agreement, that even if the Iraqis asked us to leave or to stay, that's irrelevant. If it was in our interest to stay, we should stay. But I've never believed that it was in our interest to stay. So ultimately, the judgment of the Iraqi people, you know, I think it does kind of push us in that direction. But if they were to turn around tomorrow and say, we've changed our mind, we want you to stay, that doesn't change in my mind the calculus of whether or not it's in our interest to do so. 
Chris Preble is Director of Foreign Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.